Hello there, I'm JP. Hello there, and I'm WH. And we're back for what will be the season finale of Kenobi, although obviously um, we will be covering episode five as well before then, because we didn't get to record last week. Um, there was a bit of issue sort of timing-wise at your end, WH, and I got COVID in between that, just to completely put paid to that. But um, how do we find you today? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, as we're recording this, it's the day of Forbidden Door, or, or as I'm renaming this pay-per-view, that doesn't work for me, brother. Because I think <laughs> we're gonna maybe we're gonna see some more people not feeling well today and not showing up for this show, which um, I would just find highly amusing. As as the the late uh, you know uh, Jamal Hepburn, aka Real Hero, used to say to me in private conversations whenever things would happen in professional wrestling i'm here for the jokes and i have i have the same you know philosophy about reading you know wrestling news when other people think it might be like bad oh no somebody's not showing up for the show because they got a fever or they got a bad knee or something i look at it more like do they are they you know and then i'd be like well i'm here for the jokes i'm here for the comedy of people just melting their minds over something as silly as professional wrestling and Star Wars, it is. Although that that Star Wars community, I don't know. You'd say that they when they get toxic, my Christ, they get toxic. And they're scum. They are fucking scum. <laughs> they are. They, they really are. They're a bunch of fucking incel, misogynistic, oh. racist, homophobic pieces of shit. <laughs> I am not like that as a Star Wars fan, obviously. But like when I see oh. like people just going after actors because you're because they're not white because they're gay. Mm-hmm because they're you know not men <laughs> it drives me yeah. nuts i hate those people absolutely oh god they ruin everything like they really do they manage to turn every kind of conversation and topic of it of it generally to become in a toxic direction and i say this as someone who quite routinely on a weekly basis will lay into whatever the professional wrestling landscape has kind of laid up on uh, in between i'll be doing my utmost to stay up for forbidden door i know we'll be uh reviewing it on spotlight i'm to say I'm intrigued more than anything else, I'm just curious to see how this show looks and feels. I, I will say this. I, I think, I said this on post Perez. I, I think the build's been terrible on mm -hmm. paper. It's a very disappointing looking show. But but as I watch it, I'll probably enjoy what I see. Oh, yeah. So, like, I think it, it'll be a good match. I'd be a good show in ring-wise. Yeah. But I, I'm also going to be eating K-Bobs. So what the fuck do I care if it's good or bad? Yeah, you're having a proper feast, aren't you? That's right. I'm going to Mike Murray's house, and we're we're having a. So he's having other people over. We're gonna like people I know, so that's good. We hang out with, you know, Queen of the Sea Block, one of his daughters. His <laughs> oh daughter. yeah, it'll be fun. I, I'll and I'm. I'm I nicknamed her Pauline Heyman the time when she was in the G1 Pickham contest. Really? As just like this kind of like booking prodigy that Mike has. Yes. Uh, good old Vivian. That's right. And so uh, be seeing them, his kids. So that's good. And and we're going to get fed barbecue. He's very good, yeah. you know, griller, you know, so there you go. Well, but that's, that's AEW. And I'm, I'm sure I'm listening. I'll look forward to your review and John Way's review. And then just, if you want to hear my thoughts, I'll be on Twitter, just laughing probably. Oh yeah. And you'll be there for that. But we today we're going to be going into, uh, we're going to be going back to Kenobi because like I say, we've, we've had a week off. So it feels like we have to go um, into episode five. Oh, uh, by the way, sorry, mm -hmm. before 
Hold regarding on. your COVID, I, I got a message from Japan from uh, one Mr. Fujita. He says, hello there. Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> you know what? Kidding. The the irony isn't lost on me as well. I thought, yeah, there's a there's a lad in a sort of chairman Mao cap sat there pouring beer over his head, having a good giggle at me getting COVID. And, right. and fair play. Fair play. <laughs> he, he can do. Um, yeah, really wiped me out. It's the first, like I say, first time having it and just like finding myself sleeping for a week. So my aim is I've got to go to my girlfriend's fa father's wedding on Thursday. So I'm hoping I'm all right for that. And then I'm off to Turkey on the night. So I'm really hoping that like there isn't any long-term effects. But uh, I, I won't be doing too much other than sunbathing. But sorry, if you don't mind me asking, how, how old is her, her your girlfriend's father? Oh, he's he's like 60. Oh, so, he's like, getting he's married a, again. He's getting married again. Wow, th th three times a charm. Yeah, third, third time. Third time. Tremendous. I, <laughs> I, I, I would have given up after the second, to be quite honest, and just let's just live together. Be I'm, my, my philosophy, I'm even bothered. I'm even bothered with the first one. Just been living in sin my entire life. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Rather like I imagine Owen and Aunt Baru, but we'll get on to them later, later on as well. Did they get? Did they get married? Um. So yeah, we're going to go on to episode five first of all um talk about that episode we'll 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 go through it a lot quicker we'll be going into a into a ton of detail on there as well um but where we uh start off with um on this episode is with um it, it followed the escape from the uh is it uh, fortress inquisitorius um from the from episode four however there's a tra uh, tracking device on layers droid and where we end up is you end up first of all in Jabim, where you've got all the represent representative of the path, plus what are it looks like a kind of like displaced refugee community who are there, and everyone's had to wait in order for Obi Wan to come back with Leia, but like they're basically decide you know having to kind of hold off on there. However, um, part of the the problem is is that the droid manages to go in and uh cuts the roof doors off and you know they realize well what are they going to be able to do because they've got the empire empire outside they've got darth vader on the case on here as well and we end up with obi-wan kind of confronting um reaver um with a, a kind of negotiation from behind closed doors where we actually have it revealed to us that as we knew all along she was a youngling during order 66 and she was in the jedi temple on coruscant and she was one of the kids who was getting hacked to pieces but um somehow survives which is a well she got stabbed thing. which apparently and if you get stabbed with a lightsaber it's not necessarily going to kill you yeah. because i don't know how many people have survived a stabbing with a lightsaber if, if, they, if you cut off her head that's what he should have done huh like through your body yeah yeah, out the other end. Now, think about this: like twice, yeah. she got stabbed twice through the body by by Darth Vader. Once as Anakin squad, well, you know, as Anakin, and then as Darth Vader, and she survived both times. Like, yeah, I mean, I talk about like the the mess, the messy writing, and the stupid mm. continuity errors that you have, and just things that don't do not make sense at all about this particular episode. But mm. that's like to me is so egregiously stupid. Like, unless you reveal that she's not actually human. But that she's like part. She looks human on the outside, but actually her internal organs shift or something like that. She's part of a species that shifts their organs or something like that. And so, or she's been you know, modded. 
a la Book of Boba Fett. Oh, God, yeah. please no, not 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 we'll that. Hope that, never that, never to mention that ever again. I hate those fucking people, the fucking I, mods. Uh, worst concept since fucking Jar Jar Binks. To yeah. be honest with you, it was like they brought in the the cast of the other Disney Plus show that's ongoing, Pistol, and decided to throw them. Oh onto, yeah, onto Tatooine, didn't they? Why? It's why. <laughs> they, I, anyways, but yeah, go ahead. But that doesn't make any sense. Let me just go that way. Her getting stabbed twice. Once as a kid, once as an adult, and surviving both times makes no sense by the same fucking person who's like a who's a master Jedi and you know Sith Lord. Come on, yeah. Well, we we're gonna get round to that. Uh, we're not spoiling it for any anyone on there. Where we get we get to that scene, which can only be described as an absolute squash match, if ever there was one to go into to wrestling parlance as well. Um, but. One of the things that obviously she she realizes there as well is that in fact what he's doing is he's um is he's effectively biding time, um, and she's bringing sort of Vader to him effectively. So this is hopefully going to be used as a distraction in order to to get everyone off the uh, all of the people off the planet off Jabim there as well. Um, what we do get though is um when Reva manages to get through the door, there is a big kind of, you know, big firefight that takes place. And Tala, eventually, she takes a blaster bolt to the gut and then seals Obi-Wan behind the next door and lets off a thermal detonator, sort of a la aliens, as I, I like to think of uh, one of one of the classic examples of that kind of self-sacrifice on there. And uh, and yes, Tala, Tala is um, is killed at that at that point in time however within the plot it becomes sort of a little bit pointless doesn't it hmm. because um effectively obi-wan is still has to kind of give himself up in order for this to work so <laughs> it felt like one of those issues when you talk about the writing on this you're like okay you haven't really quite thought through the kind of machinations taken for this because you've just kind of had the character killed off because you're always going to have her killed off. And at the same time, he still finds himself having to kind of surrender in order to buy time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I again, it, does, it doesn't make any sense for the way this story is structured. It's negotiate, attack, Tala sacrifices herself. And my thing is, is like, why don't you just throw a bunch of thermal detonators into that hallway oh. and then close the door? Like if you're the, the you know, the, the path, you know, if you're members of this refugee resistance that just throw things into there or booby trap it for some reason. Um, and then he, she lets him go. And then she lets him go back into the bunker. Yeah. With two stormtroopers. It's like, but why? It's like, he's going to kill them. You know yeah. he's going to escape. He's fucking Obi Wan Kenobi. I, I it's just stuff's dumb. Okay, so I just let's just finish the synopsis and I'll just Go quickly it. rip it rip it apart. Well, I'm feeling like I'm gonna I'm gonna dive through this as quickly as possible on there as well. I mean, because he tries to turn up as well, doesn't he? I mean, he's he he tries to he tries to turn Reva, and let's just face it, he's he's successful at it as well, um, and. Obviously, it's you know, it's just something that Darth Vader himself makes uh, makes reference to it. But 
um, when Vader gets there in person, by which point Obi-Wan, as he said, he's broken free. Um, and Leia's managed to remove the tracking device from Lola the droid. The doors are open. The ship goes off. And I think this is probably like, you know, the highlight scene is Vader straight away like, no, fuck that. Starts to pull it back down. <coughs> and then rips chunks from it. However, it was all a trick. Uh, the Another ship sort of sets off behind it, a little bit more quick, more nimble, and the path end up escaping. Which, by the way, was sort of meant to be the point of the point of the mission, but, um, but we'll get into that with the final episode as well and, and sort of Darth Vader's obsession. But yeah, they... However, the one thing that is left behind is... Um, is from Haja, which is Obi-Wan's communicator, which contains a message um, from Bail Organa about the children and men and mention of Tatooine and Ben. And then this leads up to Reva taking the opportunity to attack Vader and basically being squashed a la Sid Vicious in WCW in like 8990. Um, doesn't even take out his own lightsaber here. It's just a ass kicking from beginning to end messing with her as well i mean was this the was it like a kind of grand inquisitor because we saw the grand inquisitor use this same lightsaber before it it's the lightsaber design used by all inquisitors uh by all of the inquisitors for yeah that. yeah for the inquisiting um but yes uh he also reveals that he knows that this was going to happen all along here and that he basically um he was using this uh, in order to be able to get to Obi-Wan. And also, so does the original Grand Inquisitor. So we have um, Canon being respected here. That's right. He is coming back. He, he also survived a stabbing. Yeah, straight through. But it was fine. It's the kind of thing it feels like it'll lay you out for a couple of weeks. Maybe like this bout of COVID. So it'll be like, you'll be gone for a week, but then fundamentally afterwards, once you've been stabbed through the belly, you're fine. On, on there. Well, he's an alien, so who knows where where his internal organs are placed in his body? So it it could be you know he his species can survive a stabbing, oh given given time and not necessarily kill them. Like Reva's human, I don't know how she survived two. One is a child, one is an adult. But you're you're just just uh, actually she finds the communicator after Vader has kicked yes. her ass. Actually, and it doesn't mention Ben; it mentions reference to owen so ah, that's how yes. she knows because she met owen in the first episode so yep. then she knows oh there's a child oh she's putting two together it's probably anakin skywalker's child that he doesn't know about and she's gonna go over there but um yeah synopsis is done Time i think that's pretty apart. much it rip it to pieces mate crack okay this is this was a like I, I had a lot of problems with episode four, just like the, 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 the kind of how the yeah. Empire looked like complete idiots, letting Obi Wan and Tala get in, like having Tala be able to let him in so easily, like with like so many things that would make anyone suspicious. I don't care what her ranking in the Empire was. We talked about that in episode review, but this, <laughs> this, this episode was so fucking bad in terms of like how clumsy it was and how lazy it was with the writing. Um, I can't fault really the performances. I think Ian McGregor was fine in this. I think, mm. you know, Leia was great as usual. Everyone did their best with the material that they're given. But I, I really wonder like where the continuity cops are, not just like Dave Filoni or John Favreau, 
but where 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 are you carry hard and carry back people like that if you if you if you follow the cartoons they're mm -hmm. they're they help produce a lot of the the the, the cartoons and have some involvement, I think with the Mandalorian as well. So that's why I think with, with someone like Filoni and, and other people in charge that are from the cartoons, you have really tight continuity and, 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 and solid writing and not so many errors like this one has. Um, so Reva gets stabbed twice. She, Vader always know, has always known that she was that youngling and just used. Yeah. I mean, I can understand like we, your rage, was useful to a point but yeah. she basically you know like i i suppose like one thing i didn't like about this reveal was that she, you, you could have explored more about this idea of like she became what she hated in order to get her revenge but again i thought what was once a promising character in this episode just became cookie cutter like i want revenge so i'm gonna become bad to go undercover but i became what i hated da, 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 da. i just thought it was really clumsy and i just thought it was yeah. what a shame for a character that i that i liked at the beginning of the series she became a plot device yeah at that point and that's and that's one of the worst things you can have really with any characters i think in an episodic tv program where they are there to move the machinations of the plot along and rather than sort of like becoming characters in their own right now i think there is a, a lot more they do in the final episode which kind of you know kind of wins things back in you know and and, and is better for it but yeah in this episode she was it was very much like how are we going to get to this kind of reveal this was it felt like an inevitability that we so, were, we were we were going to have this scene and it is it's a, and it's and it's down to the writing and i and the, I have, the construction of the episodes as yeah, well and i i don't understand like so she, she vader knows he's on jabeem yeah. knows that obi-wan's on jabeem so he sends her to go to to get to flush him out why he's the one who wants him more than she wants him mm -hmm. you know he wants obi-wan he wants to find him he wants to punish him he wants to kill him why doesn't he go instead of her to the there to the planet and then <clears throat> you have this whole sequence in the middle of the in the middle of the episode where the empire can't break through these doors they're shooting at it and it's taking a long time but then later on we see reva use her lightsaber to cut through the door why didn't she just do that in the first place like this whole episode contradicts itself yeah. ridiculously then vader arrives and he's just like using the force to open the fucking doors why do you just show up and do that it's the same like it makes no sense it's it's it's, it's a contrivance yeah. to to flesh out this episode and that to me is like when you when you rely on contrivances you it's lazy writing and it just it makes no sense and I, i'm gonna have to respectfully disagree with you jp you said the highlight was vader holding back the shuttle using the force i think that was a low light because <laughs> you you have now made vader op like overpowered and okay he did that in this episode, he held that shuttle back, at, which was going at full thrust, trying to get out of there, right? Yeah. Why the fuck didn't he do that in Empire Strikes Back with the Millennium Falcon on Hoth? That's a fair shout. It, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, I can, like, a lot of people have criticism about episode, I guess, episode uh, three with mm. the fire stuff. Like, whoa, he's, he, why did it, the second, when Tal lit the, the things on fire and helped Obi-Wan escape, why didn't he just walk through the fire? Well, I listen, he was traumatized by fire. Like you know, it's one thing he creates the fire himself to drag Obi Wan through it. That's one thing, but someone else creates the fire and like that's the barrier now between him and Obi Wan. No, mm. then then I can see him hesitating, not wanting to go through because he was burned. He was his, he was like he 
burnt to a crisp, you know, like after Obi-Wan cut off his legs. Like I can imagine fire is something like <laughs> that doesn't not too even all armored up. He's not too keen on like going going to experience again, right? This overpowered or like using the force like that, I, it's something I actually hate. I think you have to create some limitations on how mm. the force is used, right? Otherwise, how can you stop anyone who knows how to use the force? Like Yoda, when he says size doesn't matter, and he lifts Luke's uh, uh, X-wing fighter out of the swamp of Dagobah. He is exerting a lot of willpower to do that. Like it's it's obvious, like in that the way that scene is shot, that anytime Yoda uses his immense, you know, mastery of the Force, it's it takes mm -hmm. a lot of willpower on his part. It takes a lot of effort on his part. He can do it, but it's not easy. And I think that's what something you should do. Someone using the force like that, it, it should drain them. It should make them feel tired. Vader doesn't make him feel tired. He just then starts using the force to like just toy with Reva. She's trying to kill him using her lightsaber. Yeah, plenty and of energy there. Right? One, one, one thing I did like about that scene, like, was that he doesn't never takes out his own lightsaber. He mm -hmm. just uses the force to block her parries and and slashes. And there's a great scene where he he splits her lightsaber in half, and he has them at one point. He's gonna like he looks like he's gonna recreate the the scene from Revenge of the Sith when, as Anakin Skywalker, he has oh, yeah, we, lightsabers and he Duke. cuts off and cut, cuts off Christopher Lee's head. Right? Um, all we needed was like Emperor Palpatine in the background saying, "Do it!" Right? <laughs> That's all we were missing from that. Yeah. But, but again, it's, it's it it it's just. I was so angry, honestly. Like maybe when 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 I finished this episode, I was just like, "Oh my god!" I all the investment I put into this into this series up until episode four was just like flushed down toilet for me. Like it, it, after watching episode five, it was so bad. Oh, thank I was God just we didn't so... do an episode five show. We'd run everyone off. I, we? I, well. We'll talk about episode six. It, you know, in many ways, it it redeems itself. That episode, mm. I. But I will say this: if I ever watch this again, I will probably never watch episode five of this series ever again, just because it, it it. I watched a bit of it this morning to prepare for mm -hmm. this, and not all of it, but just parts of it. And I was just like, oh, terrible. I I yeah, I I would like try to erase episode five from my memory. Oh well, we'll. We'll move past it then in that case, mate, because I feel worried. I don't want you to be be, be tra too traumatized from it. But like I said, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of things when it comes to the to the kind of plot machinations and the contrivances that you mentioned as well, which is is a thing that's a lot in that episode as well, I, I, as well as the things where why would a Darth Vader not kill Reva really at that point? There's nothing to be gained by keeping her alive, even sort of simple character motivations and things like that. But we'll go on to episode six which starts off with a small ship, which is transporting uh, Obi-Wan, Leia, um, and every um, all of the rest of the other people who've um, escaped from Jabim. And he's being chased down by Vader's Star Destroyer. And the hyperdrive doesn't work, and time is running out. Roken tr tries uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., tries to calm down everyone and tells them that the repair's being done. But Obi-Wan knows that they're not going to be escaping anytime too soon. So he comes up with a plan and he is um, effectively going to be drawing the enemy away. Um, Roken isn't a fan of it, but he knows it's the only one where they're going to be able to do uh, to be able to escape. And Leah gets mad when she hears this plan. And, you know, it's it says a lot 
on here about the kind of relationship that they've built up about like why she's she's worried about him and you know she knows that he he cares about her very much like a another um kind of parental figure for her as much as as anything else i mean obviously she names her son after um ben kenobi there as well at the same time um and then obviously haja's able to help her calm down obi-wan gives her tala's holster um which is you know uh which miraculously is, survived yeah it miraculously survived being uh, a thermal detonator blast basically a thermal detonator for people who don't know it's a grenade it's yeah. an incendiary grenade that that burns as well as creates concuss concussive force like if this thing was pres nearly pristine it maybe had a little bit of uh, Tala's blood on it which is i know why you're giving that to a 10 year old kid but okay yeah, but it's 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 pristine there's not damage at all come on it's a serious form of leather that she's got there isn't it that, that... you couldn't you couldn't just like have a scene where Tala gives it to her before <laughs> she goes to save obi-wan like you know <laughs> stop um but it, it's uh what did you think feel about the kind of opening and the setup for this really? i thought again this is so stupid they're being chased this is a fucking shuttlecraft it's not even a military vehicle mm. and it's being chased by a fucking star destroyer shooting at it are you telling me the turbo lasers on a fucking star destroyer can't penetrate the shields of a cargo ship i don't care if they modified it or not this is ridiculous then where are the fuck here's the th other theme of the show where are the fucking tie fighters why are they yeah. launching a squadron of TIE fighters to disable this ship? I know they don't want to destroy it, but like you tell it, and every Star Destroyer has a fucking tractor beam on it. Why don't you just engage the tractor beam on this fucking ship? It's ridiculous. It, like if it was one thing, if it's a Millennium Falcon, <clears throat> that thing's, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, that's all right, mate. I've been like that it's all not COVID. I It's not COVID. I, <laughs> I hope. Um, it, it's one thing, it's Millennium Falcon, the fastest ship in the galaxy, modded beyond belief by Han Solo and Chewbacca. This is a transport ship. No one mentions any reference to say that it's nothing more than a transport ship. And it can't, it can run a Star Destroyer. It can deflect most of the disabling blasts of, of its turbo lasers. No TIE fighters are sound out to get it. And, you know, if Vader, Vader is in relatively close proximity to it, I suppose, enough, why didn't he just use the force to stop it? He he did it in the fucking base, right? It, it Like, I, this beginning, I was, like, getting worried, JP. I was like, oh, my God, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be as bad as fucking episode five. But, um, yeah, I was not happy with, like, the kind of, like, the glaring contrivances once again mm. of, like, having this you know, this artificial drama created by the situation of them going to be soon to be taken over, overrun by and, and overtaken by the starters. It, it should have already happened. Like, yeah, these are oh. some of the most advanced, you know, <coughs> uh, starships in, mm. in Star Wars, in Star Wars canon. Like, yet they can't defeat a lone unmodified transport. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, no. that, that's just very disappointing to start with this episode. I, my issue was the, Okay, can I not do two things simultaneously? Okay, Obi Wan's gone over there. All right, uh, I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna get in my ship, and I'm gonna fly after him. We'll have a couple of Tie Fighters come along with me. Uh, you guys chase these guys down and and have them all arrested. Ron, no, we've got, we're going after Obi Wan. We're just gonna have to leave them go. It's like I'm sure we can 
walk and chew gum at the same time on this one. There's, it's not like it's all being held down to him. So I that was my issue with that. However, what we end up getting, and then in, in this as well, is we have um, a rematch, and the money's always in the chase, um, between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, because um, Darth Vader, at this point, follows Anakin down. What's the name of the planet that they've um, that they've arrived on? I, I forget. Uh, Obi-Wan episode six. I'm just checking myself and I can't think of it. But what but um what we've got here at this point is a different Obi-Wan. He's um he's gone through the Rocky regime. We haven't had a a, a training montage in that time as well. But what you are not gonna get this time is the annihilation that happened first time round, um, where he was he was all over the place and has to be rescued by um by Tala. Opens up with two very important lines. I will do what I must, then you will die. Um, because if you've heard these before, this is the same thing that Obi-Wan says to Anakin when he meets him on um, Mustafar in uh, in Revenge, Revenge of the Sith as well. And the second one, that was a line said from Vader to Ahsoka Tano in the Twilight of the Apprentice episode of Star Wars Rebels. So a couple of, uh, couple of early throwbacks on there as well. We do get Obi-Wan in his signature pose. With yes. two fingers pointing towards there as the other hand holds the lightsaber above his head <coughs> in a scorpion style pose on there. And they completely go at it. And it's um, a lot more of a fair fight. I don't know. Where does this rank for you in lightsaber battle history? Because this is this is pretty, pretty good. good. This one. This, this one's pretty good. Emotionally, it's 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 up there. Um because of like here the writing is good like i i like the callbacks to like as you mentioned twilight of the apprentice where ahsoka finally meets anakin again but as darth vader and mm-hmm. that's like one of the most emotional like written things in star wars history and i i really urge people if you love star wars and you've never watched rebels you're doing yourself a disservice that is probably one of the greatest things ever to come out of the expanded universe like that is actually canon still um, one of those is the inclusion of Ahsoka Tano as a supporting character for for a short time, especially in most of season in a lot of season two. And we, no, I'm, no spo- spoilers. There's a confrontation in the last two episodes called Twi- it's a two parter called Twilight of the Apprentice, and it's the confrontation between Vader and Ahsoka. And there is a great scene that mirrors what happens in this episode between Obi Wan and Vader but on the other side of Vader's face. So like here it's the left side, I believe mm. of, of Vader's face that Obi-Wan yes, strikes is. down and gives him the scar that you see on his head in yeah. return of the Jedi. So that's where that scar comes from. Cause we don't see that scar when we, we see earlier uh, unmasked representations of no, Anakin. Being put, yeah. So that that's from Obi-Wan, but in, in uh, Twilight Apprentice, Ahsoka battles Vader to save uh, one of the main characters, Ezra Bridger, who's a Jedi. Um, she she charges at him and strikes his his mask and hits the the right side of his face, I believe. And it's the similar effect of you see half of Anakin's face, and there's a mixing of the voice of Anakin Skywalker here, played by Hayden Christensen. There, I th- played by the voice actor, I think Matt Latner. Latner. Mm. Um, 
and it's a very very emotional effect and you know like in twilight apprentice he says anakin skywalker was weak and i destroyed him and she and then you know that's no that's at the beginning when they first meet like in full vader voice and then she strikes him she's about to escape because they're in the sith temple that that's closing its doors and like ezra and kanan are gonna escape and they're like that's oh, so, okay come on she's gonna leave leave vader behind but then she he calls out to her in a mix of james earl jones's voice who does the voice in rebels of darth vader mm. as he does here and a mix of matt lautner's voice ahsoka and then she stops and she she can't go because it is it's anakin and then he has this great line she says i won't leave you again then he just looks at a big dramatic pause and he says to her then you will die <laughs> and it's great <laughs> and it just kills me every time i rewatch that episode it just just it just gets to me i i love that episode well as you so know it's I, really it's i really, haven't like, seen but, rebels and i need to get in on this now that is long. like one of the most emotional scenes in all of star wars history but this is great because one, it's a great, it's great, it's really amazingly choreographed, I feel, and shot mm. this lightsaber duel between them. But like there's the point where he buries, like, you know, Vader crushes the ground using oh, the force yeah. and creates the, kind of like the cave in of the ground. And Obi-Wan falls in there and he's gonna bury him alive. That's how he decides I'm gonna get rid of him. I'm gonna bury him alive. I think it, to me, it's like he realizes he can't beat him in a lightsaber duel. Mm right like he, yeah. he can't like he says i'm, so I'm gonna use i'm gonna do this this is how i'm gonna kill him because he has a very good chance of defeating me in, in a straight up lightsaber duel and then this is where you know obi-wan gets the you know he's trying to figure out he's throughout this episode he's racked by guilt by by what he did to to anakin and then now with the idea that oh my god he's still alive and i created this darth vader this cyborg that that is like you know has been killing jedi that have you know scattered throughout the galaxy post order 66 and so but then he realizes like oh i now have a purpose as a jedi knight again i have to protect the children of anakin i mm. so he has flashbacks of luke he has flashbacks of his time with leia and he thinks i have to survive for them i have to protect them this is where he fully i i feel he fully reintegrates his connection to the to the force yeah and he escapes and then he goes back to battle vader again another you know great sequence of of lightsaber you know counters and parries and and then like the best like to me and this is quite opposite of the of vader holding the shuttle back you know obi-wan channels his use of the force to lift up a multitude of rocks of big large sized rocks not super boulders or anything like that mm -hmm. These are all like big rocks and there's a lot of them, but I feel like a guy with like his skill in using the force can do it with effort. And he's using a lot of effort to do this. And it, you can tell, and he hurls all, <laughs> it's a great scene. He hurls all this shit over at Vader. And this is what gives him the advantage to finally like just run at him, slash his helmet cuts. I, again, I can't remember if it's the left side or the right side. Of the of, of it's the thing. left side of his it's it's, it's it's Anakin's Darth Vader's left. It's his left, right? So, and this is where we get the mix of of like he sees his face and what he's become. He can see like the scarring from the flames, mm. and he just he's just and it kills him. It kills Obi Wan and you McGregor. Look on his face. It killed me. I was watching. I was like, oh my god. I felt it. Like he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything. The, the, the quivering, 
you see on his face. Amazing, amazing performance, Hugh McGregor. Still the best thing to come out of the prequels is Hugh McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Fucking amazing. And and then, yeah, Hayden Christensen. Oh, my God. Mm. He goes, the I think one of the greatest lines ever in, in any Star Wars property that's canon. I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. And then that, that when he says Obi-Wan, it's James Earl Jones's voice. Yeah. It, that, that's just amazing. That's just a great touch. And then he says, I think such a great line. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. And then pause, smile. He's <laughs> fucking smiling. He says, I did. And then the lighting, the way the blue lightsaber representing the light side of the force it illuminates Obi-Wan's face mm. and it starts to flicker out. Cause like he's, you know, his hope is for Anakin is finally extinguished in this, in this scene. But then yeah. Anakin's face fully lit up by the red lightsaber to represent the dark side of the forest that he is fully more, more than ever from before he is fully, you know, it's re it's realized by everyone, not just a woman, but all the, everyone watching this, he's gone from this point until return of the Jedi when he kills Palpatine. He's gone. He's 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 Sith Lord, right? So it, it's great. I think this lightsaber battle, you know, redeems a lot of the bad. Like, mm -hmm. I'll never watch episode five again of, yeah. of this series. I'll just skip to this part, right? I'll just watch this lightsaber yes. battle, which is amazing. I would say it's in my top three of lightsaber mm -hmm. battles. Like, for me, it, it maybe edges out uh, Twilight of the Apprentice uh, a bit. Um, but if you, if you want to know, my favorite is is um, my favorite is Empire Strikes Back between Luke and Vader on at Cloud mm. City. That's the best one. Just, yeah, it's so good. Um, number this this would number two, like just for the sheer. I, I would I love the battle between Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul in the Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. I think it's so good the way it's choreographed. Ray Park is amazing as Darth Maul in that scene, and Ewan McGregor. The training he did to, to to be able to match trained martial artists in, in that scene is great. Mm. Um, this might be number three. Number four would be uh, the rematch between Darth Maul and Obi-Wan Kenobi in Twin Sons, which is in season four, season four of, of Rebels. And that, if you love the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you should watch this episode of Rebels. It is amazing. It's like it, it without saying anything, there's a scene, there's a part in that duel where, where Obi-Wan does this, does this thing, changes his stance, and you realize, oh my God, he has, he has, he, as he gets older, he's just gotten better as, as a, a master of using a lightsaber. Anyways, don't go watch it. It's, it's amazing. Even just watch the clip on YouTube. Oh my having, god, it's so good. Having seen the interactions with Obi-Wan and, and Darth Maul from um from Clone Wars and um you know I'm and Savage Oppress as well. And I kind of, I'm kind of like, oh okay, I can I can get on board with that. Yeah. No love for Yoda versus Count Dooku then. Yoda versus Palpatine from Revenge of the Sith <laughs> is better oh, yeah, than that. that but I hey listen, when I when I saw Attack of the Clones and he pops out that fucking lightsaber, Yoda, oh. I fucking popped. Like oh yeah. It was um, I. I was like, we're gonna see Yoda in a lightsaber battle. Holy shit! And I was not. I was not disappointed. I thought. Cinema popped when I went to see it. It was. It was that's a great one. Um, 
Palp- Darth Sidious versus Darth Maul and Savage Oppress. Have you seen that, JP? Is that like, yeah, from um, from Clone Wars. Clone Wars, where he's, yeah. where you realize, well, why doesn't Vader just take out Palpatine? Is because he's a badass with a lightsaber too. Like Palpatine, as powerful as Vader is, you have to understand Darth Sidious is like fucking like ten oh, levels above. Level. He's like ten levels above Vader in terms of power. Sheer power. Also, maybe possibly as a lightsaber duelist. So, like there, there, there is a point where you know, like he almost gets beat by Mace Windu and by you know Yoda. But those, but but he listen. He takes out two pretty fearsome light lightsaber duelists in Darth Maul yeah. and Savage Oppress in Clone Wars, and it's it is one of the best shot fights ever, and it's it's great. Um, uh, Ahsoka, a lot of Ahsoka things. Like I, I think, yeah, we if we we should just do an episode just talking about all the how great Ahsoka is. You know, I love Ahsoka Tano. I hated her when she first appeared. Two tops on a kid as a Jedi? No, that doesn't uh. work for me. It's stupid. But as she grew and her and her and her gear got better, fully I on board with Ahsoka. I had kid sidekick throughout this, and I was a bit like mm, the skepticism is strong in me. No, uh, but it was the tube top. Why yeah. is a Jedi wearing a tube top? It's dumb. Anyway, yeah. uh, they, they, they sort they sorted all of that out. But I mean, I have to say, I echo a lot of your thoughts. I think it's, it's generally like an absolutely tremendous sequence. I mean, for me, it'd be the, the the kind of highlight of the episode as well because it feels like something that should be sitting within the serious canon of like a kind of big battle between them as well. And at the end of it, when Obi Wan, who doesn't kill him, who um, walks away saying says to him goodbye, Darth. Which then I think nicely sets up how Alec Guinness in A New Hope would have reacted. That he knows by the time he's seeing Darth Vader, he's not overcome with emotion because what what he sees there is Darth Vader. It's not his former friend. His former friend is dead. Yeah, and, it's and he just refers much- to him by his title. He doesn't yeah. call him Vader because that's the continuity error. People like would say, "Well, it's a title. Why do you call him Darth? It's not his first name. It's it's because he re- he has reduced him to his title. It's like calling somebody Doctor." Or captain, yeah. It's like and not personalizing them at all. He's he's reduced him to being the Sith Lord, and the the title most Sith Lords use are is Darth. That's like the the prefix to their their Sith name. So that's what he calls him. That's what he thinks of him as is a Darth, is a Sith. So that that really makes a lot of sense. He's he'll never refer to him as Anakin ever again. It's always going to be or even Vader. He's just reduced him even further in his mind to Darth to Sith. Well, that's not the only thing that's going on here. So we have this, and this takes up like kind of like a, quite a, 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 a large chunk of of time. But what we do then get is effectively what is Reva on Tatooine. Um, we see um, Owen and uh, 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 Beru and Beru. That was it. Um, and we see like them realizing that uh, you know they get warned. That they the the uh, the inqui- the person who's inquisitor asking them from before is back, so they're going to defend the homestead. It seems like a forlorn battle. However, what you see from them is that kind of real kind of grit and determination that you know they're not going to be giving up Luke without any kind kind of a fight at all. And it's it's interesting because I think they've like. We thought the ep- I thought the whole series was going to be a lot of Joel Edgerton as as um, 
as Owen. But we don't get as much of that. In fact, within this, we only kind of get really what amounts to sort of, what, less than 10 minutes or so of actual sort of screen time them for them. But yes, they they turn up. Reva is there. She's going to be kind of completing, you know, her mission of uh, of taking out um, of taking out Luke. Um, they know that they're not really going to be able to um, defeat them. He manages to punch Reva where she's been stabbed, just indicating that there is some sort of wound from there. I don't know if you should be walking after that on there as well. Um, and then Luke, she tells Luke earlier on to run, um, which he does as he as he runs off into the uh, into the desert there around. Um, what did you feel of like kind of this sequence leading up to what is effectively Reaver's kind of final battle with herself? Um, at this point, I'm kind of given. I've given up on Reva as being an interesting character because like you said, she's a plot, she's a plot point and she's, yeah. that's all she is at this point as well. It's like, <clears throat> she's, it's just so heavy handed. She sees herself. She sees Luke yeah. there. Then she sees, she projects an image of her, her younger self after being stabbed by Darth, by Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, and that she survives. And that's what stops her. And I understand, like, oh, it's, you know, mercy, this whole idea of mercy doesn't make you weak, it makes you strong. You not killing him honors your friends who you want to, who you want to get revenge for, which is not the Jedi way, you know. Um, but again, the, the, this whole character, the way she was been used since episode, some, episode three on, like, she's mm-hmm. fine. Episode four on, it's mm, not so kind of weak um it, it it's just it just gone all downhill this character for me so i i really didn't like it for me the highlights of anything involving the tattooing sequence was the interaction owen uh baru and luke have yeah because that's to me interesting to me like seeing like how much owen loves luke as his son he thinks of him like that's a great line. You protect, like Riva says to him, you protect him like he's your own. He goes, he is my own. He doesn't think of him as his adopted son or his nephew. He no. thinks of him, this is my son. And and he also, even though she's not given really anything to say, you can tell, like, and I and I applaud the actress who plays Emperor in the sense because like you can tell in her body language and her facial expressions that she loves Luke. Luke is her son. They don't have any of the, their own kids, mm. like biological kids. They just have Luke. And he means so much to them that they're willing to sacrifice their lives to to give him maybe no chance of surviving in the long run, but any chance of being having the slightest glimmer of hope. And I think that's so amazing to see things like that on screen, like the love like parental parents or parental figures have for kids is 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 just for me, it's a wonderful thing to see. So I I like that stuff a lot. I love the the determination that they had to to stop Riva to to protect Luke, but Riva herself is just like I I just it just rang false because I just feel they reduced her to being a caricature of a real character. Like, and I think there was a lot of potential in her, and they wanted to do a spinoff. I okay, 
I I'll give it a chance, but I at this at this moment, JP, I have no idea how you can make her interesting ever again. Yeah, I don't. I have a whole plot line. I, I mean, uh, and I think you hit the nail on the head here with it. This is I kind of feel everything is building to the point of her being able to kind of kill one of Leia or Luke and is not able to do with it and has to confront the idea of her being a youngling. But that was all very this is set out. If you're if you're watching a diet of kind of high quality dramas, you can tell what these like kind of plot points and these plot beats are there for. You can see what is clearly oh this is meant to explain kind of character motivation. And I think that's where they kind of fell down. This is down to to writing and portrayal. Like and as a result, she's a cipher rather than a kind of real character with within her own right. What they do as a spin-off, <coughs> I don't know. There's a part of me with some sort of idea of a, a, a Sarge Ventress style adventures in bounty hunting. But I don't know whether or not we would, you know, is that a route that they would want to go down? And particularly when I look at the kind of expanded universe of of interesting characters, they're primarily of the sort of Dave Filoni range. You just think the amount of characters you could have there that would be phenomenal. You know, it's also it, getting crowded that, you know, it is. between episode three and, and, and episode four, like just say, just say like, we'll, we'll count this as its own kind of 3.3.5 or yeah. 3.4 or something like that. Like rogue one is like a, you know, 3.9 cause it leads right into new hope. Um, but with the Andor series going to be set before Rogue One, that 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 whole timeline is getting, I think, a little bit muddy. We also have the Solo film, which, by the way, I like that film. I like Solo. A lot of people don't like it. I think it's fun. I think the you know, I forget the guy's name who plays Han Han in there, but he's fine. He's okay. Like I, he I was okay. I, I I think it's more you can tell the production history stuff. You can sure. see as much. I think as much in the edit. Now you can get in your kind of master craftsman in Ron Howard to come in and kind of like save the day. But I think ultimately you're still saving things that are kind of not quite agreed on and a, and a little bit broken. That was my thoughts on, on solar. Have I seen worse? God? Yes. Yeah. I have seen worse in the, in the canon of star Wars. Films, I was going to so, say, so, yeah. But again, I, I, I can't imagine that she's going to have her own movie. I don't think they'll spend money on a movie. Like if she, I can't even see her starring in her own series. I can see her being part of some kind of an ensemble story, maybe in the future, including may maybe we'll get Quinlan Voss then in mm. something like that, or who knows, an Asajj Ventures in live action. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm okay if they like, I can, if I know they want to do uh, maybe another series of Obi-Wan mm. and here's the thing, leave Vader out of it. Yeah. Don't, don't make it about saving Luke or anything like that anymore. Obviously, Luke has met Ben, I think. And then we get that. We get that nice scene where he goes to visit Leia on Alderaan one more time to let him know, let, to, to, you know, give give her the, give her the, not the holster, but give her, give her Lola back. Yeah. Because she puts Lola in his robe, right? To mm. when he, when he leaves uh, the shuttle to go confront Vader, he brings it back to her. Um, uh, and then they just have a great exchange where he tells her about Padme and Anakin. And this kind of, for me, fills mm -hmm. in the plot hole of Return of the Jedi, where Luke asks her, what was your real mother like? 
and she has memory. Well, you were that you're both there. Like you don't remember anything about Padme, but this is, but Obi-Wan tells her, this is what your mother was like, you know? And, mm. and I think, you know, someone made a point on you, like on a YouTube video we're, we're she's 10. Like when we're kids, a lot of our memories blend in. I think, yeah. you know, like maybe she heard some other stories or maybe Bale told, you know, I forget the name of Bale's wife, Leia's mom, um, on, you know, tells I her. I think of who that. They're talking about, maybe they talked about Padme because he was there on that moon when she gave birth. He was there, right? So yeah. he, 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 he knows like how she felt. Like, so like maybe he talked about it and she overheard it. And so like, this becomes her memories. Like what she heard about her mother becomes her, her own memories of her mother. And this is what she's telling Luke in revenge of the Sith. Cause he's, he's never had anything like that, you know? And again, like, I don't know if we, I've already said it on with you, JP, but one thing I would love to see is like, you know, like a cartoon maybe of Luke and Leia going mm. to Naboo. Oh, okay. Our father was Anakin Skywalker. Our, 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 our mother was, you know, Padme Amidala. She's from the planet Naboo. And then they go research the archives of, cause she's one of the, she was a queen of Naboo, which means she was like yeah. the political leader. That's how they call their, 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 their yeah, elected, it was an officials. elected monarchy. Yeah. An elected monarchy. Right. It's, 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 it's Star Wars. So like queen Kings aren't necessarily yeah. hereditary or anything like they're, they're elected positions like a president is or something like that. We never hear the like both us citizens of the Commonwealth. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so we hear, you know, the phrase you've taken queen. down all your union Jack Bunting in the background there that you hand up for the queen's Jubilee. There, ah, you? Great, great old Liz. <laughs> I love Liz there. You know, she's fantastic. Can't wait. Can't, can't wait till Charles takes over as King, you know? Oh yeah. Be tremendous. Uh, but yeah, then we, we go to, 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 to um, uh, Obi-Wan returning to Tatooine. He's going to move out of his cave. Mm -hmm. And he's going to set up shop deeper into the Dune Sea with like the the hut we see in in the New Hope that he, yeah. he takes Luke to. Um, and before he does that, he stops by the the Lars farm and you know just tells Owen, "I'm going to keep my distance from Luke. Don't worry." Um, but but you know Owen's like grateful, so he says, "Do you want to meet him?" And then he he has the uh, the, the Skyhopper <laughs> toy that Luke plays with in in New Hope as a, mm -hmm. even as a 18 year old kid. Uh, and then he says, hello there. It's great. Fantastic. Oh, it will. Be, and that will be the closing sound clip for this. Cause it kind of really has to be there for it, but it's, I was so happy. I smile for obvious reasons, given that we're, mm. we're hosting it, um, it on here as well. I mean, I think you mentioned with these, these sequences and also the one with, um, Darth Vader, speaking to the emperor as well and the emperor yes. sort of recognizing that he's he's kind of disturbed is is what we did get here and i did i did kind of like it it's a nice resolution to this kind of period of time which is why if you're doing a second series and i can get the idea of why they would want to do it and what the enthusiasm would be it's just you know they have tied things up pretty neatly in a lot of ways if they decided not to go back to this period of of, of time as well there's a, a, you know, you mentioned about the toy on there. The fact that Leia looks pretty similar to how she is in A New Hope as well, with the the kind of the the hairstyle from there, along with the kind of like with the it's a white dress, but she's got like a kind of cowboy boots on. Well, they're not cowboy boots, but 
fancy leather boots that she's got on there. There's some really nice kind of, you know, nice resolution, I feel, for this as well. And, and, and a lot of bits where you're working out how this connects into episode four. And you're seeing, oh, okay, this makes sense, like you've outlined there as well. But that's not the only thing we see on this episode. Once he, he you know, he's, he speaks to Luke, we get him going out into the kind of, um, out into the June Sea. But who else do we see, WH? Who else turns up? Oh, yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn. Liam Neeson returns as Qui-Gon Jinn. And it's great because it's like, oh, you know, you're finally here. And he's like, I've always been here. You just weren't ready to see me because he was racked with guilt and self-doubt. And Qui-Gon felt he wasn't ready to appear before him. Now he's come to peace with what happened to Anakin and his part in it. He's come to peace that what his role is, and it's going to be as a Jedi, just not an overt Jedi, but he's, 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 and so Jedi he's ready. Guardian, is that the term? Uh, no. So like the, the levels of like, that's kind of a role you get as a Jedi in, right. in like, if, if you play the role-playing games, these are things you, you can become a Jedi paladin or a Jedi guardian. It's, you know, it's like a, being a fucking, you know, I'm a third stage wizard orc in Dungeons and Dragons or something. I'm getting LARPs and Hawkeye type Rest. vibes here. But then uh, as wrestling fans, I should, I re, I re, I'm in, in no position. Ever. So the three three yeah. titles, official levels of being a Jedi are, 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 you know, like I guess youngling doesn't really count because you're not really fully into the indoctrinated into the system. But once you get indoctrinated into the system, it's Padawan. It's kind of sounding like Scientology almost. Padawan, Knight, and then Master, and then finally Jedi Council. But you have mm-hmm. to be a Master to be able to to be on the Jedi Council. So Padawan wears a braid that's a student, and then you get the braid taken off, and then you be, get the mullet, and then you're a Jedi Jedi Knight. And mm. then you're a, you, you become a Jedi Master, and you're allowed to have a, a normal haircut, you know, whatever you want. So uh, we see Qui-Gon, and we assume this is the part where, like, now he's going to teach Obi-Wan how to become part of the living force. I, I might have said the cosmic force last time, Qui-Gon is a practitioner of the living force, which is, mm. <clears throat> this is how he becomes part of the, you know, part, part of the force, part, becoming a force ghost. And this is a t- skill he, he is going to teach Obi-Wan, you assume. But I think you can do, if you want to do another series, you can set it just on Tatooine. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm all right with that. that Anything uh, on Tatooine <laughs> is all good. And you know what? Have him fight the heart. Have him fight Jabba's crime gang. Why not? Let's have a series where he fights a bunch of bounty hunters. Maybe young Boba Fett. Maybe what well, Cad Bane? He they fought, so it would not make any sense for Cad Bane to see him. Like he would just squeal on him or something like that. <coughs> but, bounty hunters, mate. Bounty hunters. He's had, he he could fight some bounty hunters <laughs> surreptitiously without them knowing that he's a fucking Jedi. Like maybe you know, like in the comics, he he fights Black Cranston, the the, the Black Wookiee from oh yeah from Boba Fett in the comics and like he gets away with it is like, you know, Cranston gets blinded early on by, by Obi-Wan and then he's able to fight him a bit. And like, he doesn't realize, Oh, this is a Jedi or something like that, <laughs> but use bounty hunters, use the hut cartel. There are so many things you don't need to involve Vader or the empire in this, or excuse me, bring in Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress into this, That's, into a yeah. second series. Why not? Like maybe Quinlan knows needs help on some mission deep in the outer edges of the outer rim 
near wild space, the unknown regions. Okay, we can go have an adventure there. No one's gonna, and the empire won't find out about me. There's, there's so many possibilities you can do with, with the second series. Just don't include Vader, <laughs> don't yeah. include Luke, don't include Leia. Just have it be separate from the main continuity, like a standalone adventure. Just you, McGregor, like going balls out with his fucking lightsaber in the in a, in a situation where he's not going to be discovered by. The, the empire it's because I, I i agree there actually my only issue is obviously we've got um andor coming up that's also set is it not how many years after this we're probably talking we're, we're talking the periods depending probably about sort of <coughs> could be 10 15 20 years so well, no, it'd be eight years. So it's in. It's still in that kind of real time frame, isn't it? It's going to be post Kenobi series. Yeah, I think. But we're, apparently, we're going to be looking at kind of the origin of Andor, Cassian Andor, from mm. like his his. <coughs> this I apologize. One, by the way. That's yeah, right. yeah. That he's how he becomes like um, a rebel. Like, and basically, mm. what are the other like phrase that they like to throw around is insurgent. You know how he becomes indoctrinated, I, and also like you know, Mon Mothma seems like she's going to be a, a major character. So this is kind of like yeah. the formation of the hierarchy of the Rebel Alliance, and how the maybe the different cells start coming together to form the larger Rebel Alliance. Because it's 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 just basically a, 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 a cell network of other people, groups of people, like you know, mm. committing acts of of you know treason, insurgency, rebellion against the Empire at this time. And um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of throwaway lines in, in Rogue One about Andrew. He's like talking about like, I've done so many terrible things in the mm. name of this rebellion, like assassinations, being a saboteur, maybe killing innocent people um, as collateral damage uh, in his missions. So it, it'd be interesting. And, and they've said that they want to do two two seasons of Andor, that they have enough material and they're 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 confident in the reception of this of of the stories that they've written so far that they can do two series leading up into rogue one so yeah i i'm excited about that but mm. like i don't I, I like again like if you if you want to do it in the same period you just have to keep it divorced from the main storyline involving the empire like so yeah. rebels rebels is set before rogue one right so this is i would say rebels is post kenobi pre uh pre rogue one so it would be probably around the same time as, as Andor. It would make sense to introduce then um, Quinlan Voss then <coughs> at that point in time. Oh, it's yeah. a fucking episode, this one, isn't it? Between It is. Apologize but, to all the listeners. Oh, that's right. Um, but it is. It, it, I'll be fascinated to see where, where it comes from that. I mean, your overall thoughts on this as a series and, you know, because there's been a few highs and lows. I think when we started off, we were both kind of like, you know, it worked its way off quite slowly, I thought. And we accepted that. We thought, well, that's going to be the case. There's a lot of world building. You can see the similarities to kind of earlier episode, earlier the, of the episodes of the of the, of the the film series, of the prequels in particular. Then, as you say, we had our doubts around sort of episode four, certainly episode five. You, you know, you're a lot unhappier about it than me, but it, did it win it? Did it pull it back? By the time it came around on to episode six, I mean, um, you've mentioned the other directions they can go in. And I think that that's an important thing is staying away from 
it's going to may sound a bit weird, but staying away from Darth Vader, Luke, Leia, away from that, that you've got this expanded world that you can go into and you can tell some really interesting and new stories. I, I would say if you were to ask me a grade of this, like thumbs up, down, or in the middle, it's it's going to be in the middle, um, inching more up than down. Mm. Just because like I did like the first three episodes of this series. I liked the most of episode six. I think the downside for me is how they devolved the character of Riva. Mm. Um, that's the, really the big, and just like the lazy writing of episode five. It prevents it from like being a thumbs up for me, mm. um, but yeah, I'm I I am curious if <clears throat> what else you could do with with Obi Wan. I as I just think you don't you have it. The more you do that involves established characters, the more you're running the risk of devaluing things that happen in A New Hope, and I don't think we need to to see that. We, we no. the, the value of Obi Wan as a character doesn't involve necessarily him ever interacting with those characters ever again it involves him just being obi-wan kenobi and i feel for this as well that this is like of of all of the things that uh of of you mcgregor's all of his portrayals of obi-wan kenobi i think this is the best like i really do i mean i think there's there's things about those earlier the prequels and i think it's being directed by george lucas i don't think that's him george lucas is not an actor's director is he? Whereas I think here, there's things here in terms of the the level of performance as well that I think that Deborah Chow was able to get out of him, and his, I I think it's also him being in control a lot more of the character and, and what's going to be and what's going to be told with that story. And I think for Hayden Christensen as well, I think this will lead to a nice little mini career revival for him, even though he's not in this like a particular a whole lot certainly not like with his with his face well we have we did mention it really on episode five it's kind of top and tailed with the story about how um obi-wan was able to defeat to to defeat anakin with by using brains rather than brawn hmm. and anger and aggression and it felt that was like, a okay. that was a weird sequence just because like very odd um not so much for you mcgregor because like you know it's okay. You can you can kind of buy that that's him in that time period. But Hayden Christensen looks, looks so old. much more much older. Yeah, and he we're supposed to pretend that it's him like thirty five years ago, <laughs> like or however long when when what was what the anniversary did they celebrate? Twenty five years, I think. Yeah, right. That he he's twenty five years older than when he made that. They they he looks it and it was really jarring for me to watch those sequences like those flashback sequences and he <laughs> looks older he doesn't look like the fresh-faced no. you know, person that he does in attack of the clone so um i was i understood the purpose of those th those sequences i i personally did not like them to be honest mm -hmm. with you um because i just like one the the way in christensen looked but also again a little heavy-handed yeah you know, a little heavy-handed like the drawing the parallels and i i i'm not a big fan of like this use of flashbacks to to kind of like oh that what we're showing you in the flashback is going to lead to the main point of or the climax the dramatic climax of this of this episode that's nah, you don't have to do that like i could if you took if you took that sequence out this episode <laughs> like that what they did in episode five mm -hmm. would have been would have been fine so it's too much of a sort of TV trope 
at, at, at this stage at times being able to kind of say, well, actually, this is this is the real motivations about what, how how they're going to get out of this issue. But I mean, I've say generally, I'm, I'm probably probably I found it as a piece of episodic TV that's going to tick the boxes for me as a Star Wars fan. It did that at the uh, like overall. There was never a point on this where I th- like. I had concerns and everything else, and I was glad with the final episode they were able to turn it around. I look, I look back on it and I think, okay, if they can look at this as like the template of how they're going to be making stuff on the way, way, on the way forward, but manage to kind of be more strict about the continuity process and really, really think through it. And I think that's that'll be probably the beauty with that with Andor is they won't have the kind of baggage that an Obi-Wan that an Obi-Wan Kenobi series is always going to have in terms of the minutiae and how it plays into canon and I don't think they need to worry like I they've got more leeway because there isn't the same sort of level of expectation with those characters as well but yes that's it as we've come to the mm. to the season for season finale mate I love doing this with you we've decided that's we're going to be coming back and doing much more in the way of sort of film popular culture entertainment as well i think hopefully if we can get back and and have a look at um go back and have a look at rogue one as well yes um i think that would be be a hell of a lot of fun i think rebels because i think me going through there on a first watch would be great and i think you feel it's, it's I, criminally I think, underrated. Like, if we do rebels i don't think you should necessarily do episode reviews i think oh no maybe better you watch an entire season yes and then i'll i'll kind of like watch you know, like my favorite episodes and then just kind of read the, like yeah. read the episode guides to it. And then that will refresh my memory. I've watched rebels like multiple times over the, over the years since its release. And I went, I think the last time I watched it, I did actually a whole series binge. I watched season three through four and I just absolutely loved it. Like it's every, like rebels for people who've never seen it. It is everything <clears throat> you love about the original trilogy mm. in the sense, like, there's a hero ship, the ghost, great ship, one of the best designs in, in Star Wars. Um, you have a great pilot character in Harrison Dula. You have uh, a Jedi coupling of Kanan, uh, Kanan Jarrus and Ezra Bridger. You have a Mandalorian, Sabine Wren. You have like your your big hulking alien characters, you know, member of the team in, um, oh my God, brain fart. Uh, Oh, what's his name again? I'll Mate, you're up. allowed. You you managed to know the the worlds of several different properties. You have a, tr- <laughs> a charming droid and chopper, played by Dave Filoni. You'll oh. you, you'll if you if you watch Rebels, you'll understand what I mean by played by Dave Filoni. Um, chopper does not talk at all, so but he makes a lot of sounds, and Dave Filoni is the person who does all those sounds. Hey. In, in, in the in the voice acting booth but he's more than uh, right but yeah like i would i recommend you watch and just watch each season and we'll talk about the season as as a whole i think that's probably a lot lot easier for for all involved I, and i like i i would be surprised if you watch this entire thing in its entirety like if you come back to me you tell me it it's you don't like it i would be i would be absolutely shocked if you don't like it i can't see it happening because i think you know that the kind of the tastes i have around this are you thinking oh no i need to have watched i know why i wouldn't have watched it at that particular point have your sons watched it um they did now i don't know if they finished all of rebels 
because I think at that point in time, that wasn't on Cartoon Network, was it? That was on... Um, Disney uh, XD, I think. Disney XD. And at that point in time, I may not have had that. So I think there is a Rebels-based hole there, which right. I, I... To be honest, I think they will happily get on board with as well. Because when I was doing the rewatch of um, of the episode earlier today, they were like, oh yeah, going uh, like straight back, straight back into it again. So yeah. I think if it, it, it's an easy, easy thing to go along, go right. We're going to watch these for the for the for the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, once you once you get past it. like kind of the, what I call the X Files effect of mission of the week, you know, yeah. of the early episodes. Once you get into the larger picture of what the story they want to tell, and especially when you get into episode season two, it just goes to a different level each mm. season. And and like I like season one a lot, but it mm. is very episode mission of the week you know like x-files was monster of the week or or buffy the vampire slayer was monster of the week until we get to like the larger story that that that's being told in buffy the vampire slayer from from season two on Mm -hmm. um i feel that way about rebels is like it's enjoyable and you need it to lay the groundwork for the characters but once you get to uh you know season two i like and season three and four uh it's it's really fantastic. I'm gonna find out the name of this fucking character. Who is it? Where is he? Where is he? Where well, is he? Uh, while you're doing it, I'll ask you ask you uh, one other question as well. Um, do you have any comic book recommendations? I suppose really as an overall recommendation, we'll say Star Wars Rebels. Like yeah, you know, Star Wars and, Rebels comic book. And you mentioned Twilight of the uh, of the Apprentice earlier on in terms of the specific um, episode with that with Ahsoka Tano, but. Do you have a comic book recommendation? I, I, I've already recommended the Darth Vader comic book, right? Like yeah. the first volume. I would say I'm going to put links up for the entire series. Um, just read that series by by the, the British writer Kieran Gillen. Just one of the best introductory, like, you know, explorations of Darth Vader as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, also the introduction of uh, Dr. Afra. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Afra, JP. No. She's a she's a Star Wars archaeologist, and she's very morally ambiguous. Um, she's a great character. She's very fun to read about in this series. We also get introduced to the uh, 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 the Triple Zero and uh, BT BT Zero BT something. These are two droids, mm. and. They are the diametric opposites of C-3PO and R2-D2 in that they love to torture and murder humans or all sentient beings. Yes. Uh, They are fascinating characters. Kieran Gillen is a great comic book writer in general. Go read like uh, Once in Future and and Die, the great, his own creator, own series. Um, His Star Wars work is fucking amazing and this darth vader series is one of the best things ever put out in stories and comics so i'll have links to i'll just put the whole series up at, up again we'll just volume one through four i believe it is an amazing amazing st- story about darth vader like as a whole like so mm-hmm. i think this there's not so much obi-wan out there but there's a lot of vader comics out there and a lot a lot of them oh yeah pretty pretty good so uh, this series by karen gillen is is amazing like if you start reading them jp you gotta let me know what you think about dr afra 
you know. I'm, I feel, I'm looking already up on here in terms of. I think I'm, Dr. Afra is going to make like live action debut <laughs> any minute. I feel she's going to make. I don't know in what timeline. Season two of Book of Boba Fett. I don't know what's what what uh, yeah what what timeline, but it's got to happen. The person I would get to play, I already cast Doctor Afra in my head. It's Janet from Kim's Convenience. You know, we've already got we already got like you know Uppa, you know the father from Kim's oh, Convenience yeah. Star Wars. Let's get his fucking daughter. Let's like Janet. Oh, what's sorry? I just have a brain fart about people's names. But Andrea the, Bang. Andrea Bang. If Andrea Bang gets cast as Doctor Afra, I'd be like. Perfect, because when I when I read Doctor Afra now, like whenever I read a comic with her in it, I just think of Andrea Bang's voice in my head. So that's like, listen, if anyone from fucking Lucasfilm is listening to this, Andrea Bang as Doctor Afra, fucking do it. Well, do you know what you're saying that now? I'm looking at Janet Kim and I'm thinking if Simu Lee's had a lot of, he's had a he's had a couple of great career moves wise, but it feels like you know he needs to be needs to be spreading out the the love to her. Certainly. Yeah, she is. She is great in Kim's Convenience. She is. She's a yeah. she's a very good actress. And like, Doctor Afra is an Asian woman. Okay, she's mm. clearly an Asian woman in the comics. Has to be played by an Asian woman. So get 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 Andrea Bang. She'd be great. Janet Kim from fucking Kim's Convenience. Great TV show, by the way. Story of my life. Awesome show. I'm awesome. I'm Janet. You by the way, I, I'm Janet. By the way, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not Jun. Doing. I'm I'm fucking Janet because I'm the younger sibling, and oh. like I watch community I'm like oh my god, Jun then in that case, yeah yeah, pretty much. No, well no, <laughs> not really because he's pretty straight laced, whereas Jung is yeah. not straight laced. But I'm Andrea. I'm this. I'm the one who like wants to rebel against what my parents want. You know, <laughs> I'm the liberal in my family. So, so there you go. Uh, Dangerous game in this day and age. I'm very much the liberal in my family, I can tell you. Well, certainly the family up north, the English side of the family, the Irish family, God knows how they feel with that. But as you've said, we, we've, we've come to the come to the end of, of this series. Like I say, we're going to be back um, doing other stuff between us in between as well. Like I say, I think the Rebels' ideas is, sounds like a great shout. Um, li- let us know. Let us know, you know, when uh, when we put, put the episode out. You know, Except for the Carl Gak stuff, he just wants us to watch TJBW. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's very much he's very much in on Carl. Carl, you that. need to expand beyond TJBW to the world of like Seedling and and Marvelous and Ice. Well, it's Driven. a big stardom show this weekend. They're yeah. all diving off cages and the rest. That's right. Instead of doing a spot, good old Kaguma, she she won the fucking match by diving onto all her teammates and escaping the cage. That's yeah. how you win a pro wrestling match. That's how that's good psychology. None of this. I could win the match, but I'm going to do a spot instead. No, <laughs> win the fucking match first, then do a spot afterwards if you want. Exactly. Go out and then afterwards go, right, now still the theory got time. Now I've jumped down to the floor and done that. But yeah, we'll be back very soon. So that just leaves us just to finally say thank you all for listening and, and coming along with us. I'll be back on for Spotlight. We'll be back as a as a duo soon enough. So just leaves us just to say bye there. Bye there.